my curiosity was strong enough about this author that I, I sucked it up and I got myself there. And I sat sort of near the back and you know, at one point at the beginning, they're saying, is this his first time for anybody? And I, you know, like very hesitantly raised my arm. And they were very welcoming. It was a room full of women who were all excited about writing. I had again landed in the right place and it became the foundation of my writing career. That one time of showing up for myself without anybody expecting me there. Hello, friends, and welcome to Curiously Wise. I'm Lauren Wittig, your host. Today, I want to talk about just showing up and the power of just showing up. Whether you're showing up for yourself or showing up for others, I find often it's both. It's a message that's been coming through a lot in the last couple of weeks for me. I keep seeing it. I keep hearing it. I keep reading it. And so I just wanted to share this with you today. And I don't want to take a lot of time with this, but because it's showing up so much, I'm paying attention. And that's, that's the way I roll. So I just want to share a little bit about, as I think about showing up, why I don't show up. Because for me, I'm an introvert. It's way easier to not show up for something than it is to show up for something, especially if it's something new or something that is within crowds of people. Uh, I don't really like being in crowds of people. I don't like the noise. I don't like the chaos. I don't like the, often the energy depends on sort of why you're there. And so, so showing up is something that for me personally, I have to do on purpose. I have to decide I am going to show up. I'm a little uncomfortable about this, but it'll be okay. And my curiosity is what drives me into that. My curiosity about something. For an example, recently, I decided that I wanted to get more exercise, but I don't like really going to a gym. So I started thinking about you know what I liked to do to move my body when I was younger. And I loved dancing. I was a square dancer. Yes, nerd here. And I, I loved that. I took tap and ballet for years. I was a klutz, so I wasn't that good at it, but I enjoyed it. And I thought, oh, it would be fun to dance. Well, I live in a neighborhood that has a line dancing club. And one of my friends was a member of it. And she heard me talking a little bit about this at, you know, probably over dinner or something one day. And she said, you know, you should come to the, the line dancing club. It's really fun. And it's line dancing. You don't need a partner. And there's teachers, so they teach you how to do it. And it's, it's just nice, you know, it's a nice social thing. It's right here in the neighborhood. So I went. And I went because I told her I was going to go, which is one of my ways of showing up. Making sure I show up is to tell somebody I'm going to be there because then I know they're expecting me. And I show up when I'm expected. I just, I do. So I started doing that and I love it. And my friend was going through a bunch of, she was selling a house and buying a new house and moving and traveling. And she hasn't been there in quite a while, but I go almost every week to this class because I enjoy it. And I'm starting to, you know, people recognize me and I'm, I've started to having, you know, conversations with same two or three people a couple of times. It's growing into a community that, that I feel a part of. And so that was one of the ways that I got more movement into my life is to to think about, you know, what did I like to do? 
How could I do that? Talk to friends and then promise to show up. It was a process. It's always a process. So one of the other ways that that I learned about showing up is a little bit harder story to share, but my dad was an alcoholic. I didn't really know that. I don't think we had labeled it that when I was in college. But my senior year, I was really having a hard time. I was very depressed. I didn't really understand what was going on with my parents. I knew the drinking was an issue, but I didn't I didn't really equate that with alcoholism yet. And one day in my mailbox, I found a flyer for a group that one of the deans was starting that was for children of alcoholics. And this was before the children of alcoholics, adult children of alcoholics groups were, were really known to me anyway. And I didn't even really know much about AA or Al-Anon. But I, I got this little flip of paper that said, you know, if you'd like to come, please, you know, come to the dean's office and let us know and we'll tell you where to find us. And I remember going straight from, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a hard one going straight from my my mailbox over to the administration building upstairs to the floor that the dean's office was on. I'd never been in that building the whole time I'd been in school. And I remember having to stop near a window close to the dean's office, but I hadn't actually gotten there. There were no other, I don't remember there being other offices along there. There was a big window and it was deep. So it was kind of like you could sit there in the window. And I remember sitting there for about 15 minutes debating whether I wanted to do this or not, whether I, I wanted to go and say, you know, and get the information and, and really admit that my dad had a drinking problem and somehow it was affecting me that I didn't understand. And I finally screwed up the courage, went to the dean's office. They were lovely. And then showed up for the first circle. It was a circle. I, they didn't call it that. It was a group, but we sat in a circle. And I cried through the whole thing. Yeah, it still, might, still chokes me up. But it felt like I had landed where I was supposed to be because there were plenty of people who could talk and who did. And I started to recognize a similar experience. So this is a good overlap with the reason why I like circles so much, especially for me, women's circles. But this was a mixed group. It was just students. And I, it was education, and it helped me understand myself. I found that I didn't have it nearly as bad as a lot of people did in terms of the alcoholic in my life and the family dynamics. Not that it wasn't bad, but it, it could have been a lot worse, and, I, and there were people in the room where it was a lot worse. And I, made, I made a friend there, and, and because I had a friend there, and because the dean was expecting me, I, I kept showing up. I think it was probably four meetings. It was once a week before I could even say my name. But I kept showing up and I kept showing up and I kept showing up. And I learned a lot. And I became more aware of what work I needed to do for myself. But I also became able to what's called 12th step my dad, which is to say, dad, I know you're an alcoholic. And at the time, I had already talked with my mom and my brother and, and the three of us had a plan to ask him to go get help. We, we had a, a place already figured out and mom had figured out the insurance. And so it was, it was sort of a, an intervention before interventions were called that. But I was the one who was chosen 
to confront dad. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life, I think. But showing up for that circle gave me the the strength to do that and the knowledge to do that. And it changed my life and it changed my father's life and it changed, I, I think it changed my mom's life and my brother's life, but I don't know for sure. But I know it changed mine and I know it changed his because he did the work. He showed up for himself and he showed up for me and got dry and sober and was 20 years sober when he died. So I'm very proud of him for that. So a happier time, <laughs> an easier time was when I got to the point where I really wanted to write a book. I, I, I was a voracious reader my whole life, still am, and novels particularly. And I, I wanted to write my own. I think the, the, the origin story of that is that early in my marriage, I think I threw a book across the room one night. I like to read as I go to bed. And I just couldn't believe how bad this book was. I don't remember what it was. I, and, but it just, it was terribly written. It was poorly edited. It was just awful. Bad enough that I didn't read the whole thing. And that's saying something because I'll usually, I'll usually keep going. Even if it's, I'm not, I'm not really liking it. I sort of have this, I want to finish it kind of attitude. And sometimes that pays off because things get better. But my husband says to me, well, why don't you just write your own book? Well, fast forward a number of years where I had, I'd started to explore that a bit, but I hadn't really committed to it. It was still working. And then I got pregnant. And, and so then, you know, the, the kids were coming along. So it took me a long time to kind of really commit to that. And what, what triggered that commitment was when my son was young, my second child, and was having terrible health issues. I, I, I just finally, I quit working outside the home and stayed home with the kids. And I knew that I was going to have to do something to keep my brain busy. And so that's when I really sort of committed to it, told my husband that I was going to have to find some courses, some, some ways to keep my brain busy in, you know, and functioning (laughs) with two small children. And I was never brought up to imagine that that was my life. It was, it was not easy because I had no model for it, but it was the right thing to do. And I'm glad I did it. And I think it was, it was very beneficial for my family and me because it gave me the time to really commit to the writing. I only had a few hours a day when, when the kids were napping or my daughter, she got a little bit older, was in preschool or she went to Montessori school and my son then started Montessori school for half a day. That was when I finally realized I have three hours every, you know, five days a week where I can do what I want to for myself. And what I want to do is learn how to write a book. I want to write a book. And so I really dove into it at that point. And the universe provides because I stumbled across this meeting for Washington Romance Writers. It was a a local chapter for Romance Writers of America. And I had decided I wanted to write a romance novel. I'd read a bunch and I I really liked them. And I thought that would be good. I'd do that. Plus, a lot of them were quite short. So I thought, I can write a short book. It'd be great. So I found out from this blurb that they had a monthly meeting 
It wasn't exactly close to my home, but we were in D.C. at the time. It was it was in one of the other suburbs, so it was not you know I'm, I'm out of the question that I could get there. And I I really hesitated. I almost didn't go. In fact, I think maybe the first one I I didn't go. I just couldn't bring myself to. But the second one was I think there was an author presenting at it that I knew, and so I thought okay, I could at least meet you know just kind of hear this person speak and 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 maybe maybe okay my curiosity was strong enough about this author that i i sucked it up and i got myself there and i sat sort of near the back and you know at one point at the beginning they're saying is this is first time for anybody and i you know like very hesitantly raised my arm they were very welcoming. It was a room full of women who were all excited about writing. I had again landed in the right place and it became the foundation of my writing career. That one time of showing up for myself without anybody expecting me there, which was, you know, it's kind of unusual for me, but the curiosity about, you know, an actual published author being presenting something. And I will tell you that author turned out to be Janet Ivanovich, and it was before she'd really hit big. But it was, I look back on that and go, wow, that was, that was definitely at the right time to go and get involved because it showed me that this group had some powerful women in it who knew what the heck they were doing. I met friends through that group. I ended up in, I think, two or three different critique groups, which is where you gather with a few other writers regularly and you share your work and you help each other see where you can fix it and you know where there's problems and where well, this is really good, that kind of stuff. It's not criticism, it's critique. But I ended up with a group of five other authors in a critique group for, I think we were together five or six years. And because I showed up for that first meeting and I kept showing up, so I met people, learned a lot. I published my first, well, I started winning prizes or contests before I published because of that critique group and because of what I had learned at the monthly meetings. And I went on to sell my first book uh, that that critique group helped me write, helped me, you know, polish and clean up. And I never would have gotten there. I know I never would have gotten there if I hadn't shown up for that meeting, that very intimidating place. I wasn't even used to saying I want to be a writer, but I showed up and I kept showing up and I showed up for me and then I made friends and I showed up because I knew they would be there and that would be comforting. I showed up by joining the board a couple of different times as a, in a leadership position. That was something unheard of for me. So I, and I learned a lot about the business. So when I did sell, I knew what to do. And I had, if I had questions, I knew there were people I could ask. So all of that came out of just showing up. It took it took a few years, took quite a few years, but I got there and it would not have happened without that group. So that's that's just two times in my life where showing up for myself ended up changing the course of my life. And I also want to say with that critique group that five of the six of us were published because we were working with that critique group. So showing up for that critique group helped 
the other writers, me showing up for them. And the same was true of the, the Children of Alcoholics group. I showed up, I held space, I shared my story, and that helped others like me put things into perspective, learn, and feel supported. So for me, showing up for myself has definitely rippled out to, to show up for others. And I think that's a lot of what happens when we show up for ourselves. We do end up showing up for others, whether it's showing up for our kids as a, a great example of what happens if you follow your passions, even when it's scary, of taking care of ourselves, of just being present for others, sharing what we know, what we feel when it's asked for or when it, it feels right. And for me, showing up here for a solo podcast, which I find very intimidating and which I procrastinate a lot about putting these out. For me, showing up today for you, I'm hoping that something in here resonates with you, something in here helps you see where maybe you could stretch a little bit. Maybe you could bring more joy into your life. Maybe you could bring more health into your life. Maybe you could bring new friends into your life. If you just show up for yourself. I hope this helps. I hope this is meaningful. And I hope you'll join me next time on Curiously Wise. If you want to know more information about me and the work that I do, you can go to my website, heartlightjoy.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I'll have links to all of those in the show notes. And I also offer a free call. If you want to just call and practice showing up, you can do that. And that's on the website as well. And if you sign up for my newsletter, if you're not already on it, you do that at the website also. Everything's there. And if you do that, you'll get a gift from me. It's a PDF downloadable document that is titled Lauren's Top Three Ways to Communicate with Your Spirit Guides. And for me, these days when I'm having trouble showing up, I often will converse with my spirit guides. And they help me to understand why I'm not. And they help me to, to get over myself. So you have a wonderful day. Thank you for showing up and listening to this podcast. And I hope I'll see you next time on Curiously Wise. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. I hope this conversation has left you feeling inspired and curious about the world around and within you. After all, curiosity is the key to growth and understanding. So keep asking questions and exploring new ideas. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and or leaving a review. It helps us be found by others. If you're curious to learn more about me or my healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, head over to my website at heartlightjoy.com. Until next time, I'm Lauren Whitting. Stay curious.